0: Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that the Women's Social Club chapters are open now in Atlanta, Boston, Charlotte, Chicago, D.C., Denver, Jacksonville, Florida, Memphis, Miami, New York City, Pasadena, California, Wilmington, North Carolina, with multiple chapters in Raleigh, North Carolina and the surrounding areas. If you're in those cities, come join us at thewomenssocialclub.co and And if you don't hear your location, visit our website and click Start Your Own Chapter. We'll see you soon, and let's get to the show.
1: We had nothing there. It was just mud. I would pull up, take the desk out of my trunk. I had this cute little lookbook that had, you know, all the finishes and stuff we've picked out. We had some renderings. I had hard hats with our logo on them. And so we'd walk around, and I would kind of like stand and be like, "So this is where a wall is going to be." And then I'd shimmy over and go, "And then this is where the door is." And literally, there would be there was nothing there when we sent out our first contract
0: hard play hard, for my own heart, might just rule the world. Welcome to the Women's Social Club, a women supporting women group where we make it easier to connect with new friends in our communities while supporting our local women-owned businesses. I'm Hannah Weisberg, founder and CEO of WSC, and today's guest is Chelsea Hand, owner and managing director at The Maxwell, a Raleigh, North Carolina wedding and event venue. Chelsea is one of the founding members, and I remember meeting with her in 2020, outdoor, with the heaters, with our masks on, and she would talk about this vision for what the Maxwell would become. It turns out she'd been thinking about this for quite some time.
1: My husband and I always kind of knew, we have we have talked about this for years and years, and you know, many little napkin sketches here and there from 10 years ago, you know? Um, but no, I definitely didn't think we would actually be taking real action on it and be able to to do it quite as quickly as we did
0: chelsea and her husband jeff moved from new york to raleigh where she got a job with a restaurant group to take care of their event sales and operations she also immersed herself in the wedding industry and became vice president of marketing and communications for a local event professionals chapter through her work and networking she found that there was a lot of repetition with barns and old homes, which meant there was an opportunity for a large space that had a little bit of everything. But turning her napkin sketch vision into reality wasn't easy.
1: First and foremost, it was budget. It was, can we afford to do this? And what does that look like? And so we had probably like a 60-page business plan, which at this point, I don't think any of it is actually... (laughs) is actually what happened because it's just such a wild process and a wild ride. But um, we definitely started with, let's do the homework. We need to make sure this makes sense, right? I can't leave my job, give up a career, ask Jeff to do the same, and then have this not do well, yes. right? It, it's just a it's a risk. Neither of us were in construction or real estate or had wow. any idea what that process looked like at all. So we were super, super green. And so we put together this business plan, we were like okay this this can work this is what we need to book as far as you know number of events this is what we need to charge this is you know what our costs are this is what we should probably plan for like labor wise and again all those numbers are not even real <laughs> i mean not that we know what we're actually in but so we we did that first and then we went to work on on finding the right spot so we looked at older buildings to renovate. We looked at properties in Durham. We looked at properties like way out, you know, in in the sticks an hour from anything. Um, We put a 10-acre property under contract in Gardner at one point right off of, uh, I guess that's what, Highway 42, Uh where they were trying to rezone it into commercial because they're expanding the highway. And we just had no idea. And we did not do near enough research on what that needed
0: what oh needed to happen in gosh. order to rezone a
1: property. So <laughs> the the hardest lesson I think learned is we spent about six months working on that and trusting the word of the real estate agents that really just wanted the deal to go through, right? But we didn't, we didn't cross our T's and dot our I's and visit the neighbors and, yes. and talk to the city council members that we needed to. And so we got a letter in the mail and it had said, you know, the city recommends that we do rezone this to because it was residential at the time, that we rezone this to general business for you so that you can open up a wedding venue here. And so we show up to our our court date thinking, like, we've got a gold star. We're ready to go. Uh, and we just got we got leveled. Oh, my <laughs> like God. We had, like, the entire community there up in arms over the idea that we would have a wedding venue with alcohol and loud music. And, you know, rightfully so. It's, it's their neighborhood, and we definitely should have you know, eased some of their concerns, but we just didn't know. We didn't know we were supposed to. Um, but I will never forget being wow. literally chased out of the courtroom, people wow. grabbing our arms and stuff, trying to talk to us. Um, and so that property ultimately fell through because we we yes. were just not comfortable moving forward with it. And, you know, that that would have just been a a tough spot to I be had in, I think, operationally. No idea. But yeah, that was that was our, our first Hard lesson (laughs) learned in the process. Yes. But it ultimately is a blessing in disguise because we ended up finding a place so close to downtown. You know, we're only about six minutes or so. It's a nice little cul-de-sac. There's a storage unit on one side, and then there's woods everywhere else that are pretty much unbuildable. So we somehow got that feeling of you're in the middle of nowhere, but you're really close to hotels and you're close to restaurants and right off of, you know, the major highways and stuff. So it's pretty convenient.
0: And getting to build your own space, so you mentioned like breaking ground, so you built this structure from the ground up. It wasn't like you were walking into like a renovation or a restoration or anything like that. Did you always have like this clear vision when you were riding on a napkin and, you know, it was evolving over time? <laughs> we have had 500 visions,
1: I think. We started with something completely different in mind, you know, crazy vaulted ceilings, glass everywhere. That was the dream, but once you find out what the dream costs <laughs> you have to tone it down a little bit. Um, you know, there's just so many things that come up during construction process during the you know site selection process that you know are added here and there and you kind of have to whittle things down or change things. so it's not the original vision. it's a much better vision than the original right. vision um, but it's not it's definitely not where we started. I think the one thing that I really would harp on for anyone who's looking to go down this same path is you have to be flexible with it. Um, you can't pigeonhole yourself into like, this is it, take it or leave it, because it's just not realistic. You have to adjust and go with the flow on certain, certain design elements that, you know, just don't, they just don't work.
0: So I think that's a good segue into just like life in general. I mean, I would say like business or entrepreneurship, like, yes, it's definitely, I feel like the pandemic, if it taught us nothing to be flexible and to pivot, I've told Brian more than once, like, I am so sick of hearing that word because like (laughs) you, like, I've had all these visions of businesses and like what it's supposed to be. And then it doesn't turn out that way. And I think, you know, there's like such a gift in being able to adjust your vision Mm -hmm. based on reality. Right. You know, that doesn't come easy to everyone. So I think something with business ownership and entrepreneurship, I think it's really helped me not just in business, but in my personal life, easily pivot and problem solve when there are times where it's like, this isn't exactly how I saw this happening. Right. But like, this is where we're at. Okay, where can we go from here? Right. So, speaking of pivoting, (laughs) this process started pre-pandemic. It did. So, you're actually breaking ground on this beautiful structure and the pandemic hits.
1: Yep. (laughs) So, you're... (laughs) Sure (laughs) does.
0: First, there's so many things that were impacted. So, you're in the wedding industry, which, you know, events. And that was definitely hit the hardest because it's like gatherings and people and all of the things. So... You're now like moving forward, you have your space, your breaking ground, but you're also in heavy into the early phases of construction, which was also hit the hardest during the pandemic because of supply chain issues, right. demand, like everyone was stuck at home. So we were doing all the projects and all the things. So how did you basically like reorganize your to-do list and right. your timeline and things like that?
1: Well, so before the pandemic even hit, I had you know left my job living off savings um, to try to make this work. And it had taken us, it was a year and seven months of permitting, of just oh trying to get God. the okay to break ground. So we were very deep in. And you know at, at that point, the pandemic was right at the tail end of us getting our last signature. We were ready to go. We were waiting for one more signature. And then the world shuts down, and so I think at first I was just kind of numb, or maybe even in denial a little bit of there's no way that I just put my heart and soul in the last one year and seven months into something that may not happen now. So it was a bit of a shock, I think, for for everybody. Um, but the events industry got rocked. Um, you know, you I had a lot of really great friends that are in the industry that you know, you watch get dragged through the mud because of refunds for clients and they're not able to pay their bills. And you know, all of this is just on fire. And so you do pause and you're you're kind of like, what am I doing? What am yes. I doing? Is this the smart move to continue? But you know ultimately we've, we've both felt like events will come back. People will want to gather again we just need to to keep our heads down and keep going and kind of push through and, and see what the state of the world is. And it definitely gave us some perspective. And we had some opportunities to really build out our processes based on what we were seeing. So, you know, the pandemic wasn't new by the time we started to actually book clients. Um, so people kind of knew like, all right, what's your game plan if masks are still required or if you can only hold half capacity? So we had Situations and and plans in place for all of those types of you know questions and it was a blessing in disguise again because it helped us build the groundwork for all right we're starting from literally the ashes <laughs> of the events industry and trying to to build based on that so we you know overall got to
0: pre plan yes for exactly. worst case scenario because yep. you're in worst case scenario right as far as like timeline and construction. I mean, I know just in general, like you said, the permitting process took forever. So construction isn't fast. Did the pandemic affect like your original timeline and like opening and any of that?
1: It really was only about a two-month delay because when the pandemic officially, you know, was everyone's in quarantine, the world is shut down, the city offices were closed, and there was no, at the time, online system of getting you know, submitting plans and getting signatures. So we had to wait for that stuff to happen before we could move forward. Wow. We did get lucky in that construction was deemed essential and it was outside, you know, so, you know, it didn't slow down in that aspect. And we had already paid and spent the money on most of the materials. So there wasn't a wait for lumber for us and things like wow. that. We were, we built a metal building. We had brick. We didn't get hit with some of those surprises or delays. We, we got the timeline we stuck to pretty well. Um, one of the smartest things we did though was hire a builder, really reputable builder in the area. Um, so they managed the majority of that process for us, all the subs. Um, they had all the contacts and the connections, but we got to December of 2020. We had probably about three or four months left of work to be done and they dropped the ball that you know he was planning to retire in five years, but now with COVID oh. and there being so many permitting delays, he's going to retire now.
0: <gasps>
1: <laughs> so we were like, "Well, where does that where oh does that leave God, us?" You know, we have we, we have an unfinished business, and they pulled it together though, and they did right by us and and saw the project through. Um, but it you know left left us. Very uneasy and worried. You know, are we getting shoddy work? Or yeah. Are there going to be issues after we open and you're retired? Like, what happens with warranty if something goes wrong? And yep. um, they got it done, but it was a curveball and additional sleepless nights, <laughs> I would say.
0: I can only imagine. Yeah. Let's take a break to tell you about our sponsor, Industrious. Industrious is your all-in-one solution for co-working, private offices, and on-demand meeting space. With over 160 locations globally, Industrious is committed to providing an unparalleled work experience, all-inclusive amenities, and flexible terms to support teams of all sizes and stages. Just like Women's Social Club, Industrious is all about community and connection, and maybe some happy hours as well. Head on over to industriousoffice.com and use promo code WSC for a free week of co-working. That's industriousoffice.com, promo code WSC. All right, let's get back to the show. And so you're finally at opening. So it's spring 2021? Yep, April. Wow. So your opening, I can only imagine. So I feel like there was this, like, revenge, marriage, (laughs) wedding time of 2021. We're still in it. I feel like people are still very much, like— I don't know if we'll ever catch back up at this point. So the demand almost was so built up. I remember you doing Mm -hmm. walkthroughs and stuff. I mean, I remember coming to do the photo shoot, so fun story. (laughs) I am not a model. (laughs) But Chelsea was in the club and she was doing photo shoots for her marketing materials for the Maxwell because they were about to open and she had models set up to be husband and wife, groom and bride, and they both got COVID. (laughs) And it was like two days before. Two days before. And she was like, so... Could you and Brian like hop into a photo shoot in two days? And I was
1: fully prepared for you to say, You're insane, (laughs) not a shot. When I was like, You
0: know what? They might, she might do it. She might do it. Just crazy enough. So we did. I told Brian, I was like, So we need to make sure your suits still fit, like find one. And then I went and had like a wedding dress fitting with you literally the next day you had all my makeup and hair appointments, all the things. And we did the photo shoot. And I remember it was the coldest I've ever been in my life. Well, we had no heat. (laughs) We had no heat.
1: We had no lights. Yes. (laughs) We were fighting with the sunset time just to make sure we had the right amount of, of light because we didn't have any of our chandeliers or pendants in. We didn't have any anything really. It was just like the bare bones of the venue. The floor wasn't polished yet. The fireplace was there. Yes. But we said we need to come up with some sort of branding material to show people what this will be, what this can be. Yes. Um, And those are still some of my favorite photos ever because it's just, if you look at them now versus where, you know, where we were versus where we are now, it's so different. It's so different. There are some pictures of you guys and In the glass door behind, you can see the shadow of this giant clay mound because we didn't have a lawn or green space space. in there yet. It was just, you know, a huge mound of clay. So you can kind of pinpoint the the things there at the time, though. You're just so excited to see, you know, a bride and a groom are in the space. And, you know, it's really coming to life and the vision is there and it's real but that yeah, so thank you again for doing
0: that. Absolutely. <laughs> I have some of those pictures framed in our house because it was literally like 10 years after our actual wedding. Yeah. And we would never like, I mean, we're not the type of people like that are like, let's get married again. Like, that's just not our personality. But it was like getting to dress up and like be in that headspace. And right. it really was like such a fun, unexpected thing. <laughs> but I remember like, you had so many people coming through this space and for bookings, like doing walkthroughs mm-hmm. when it was still very much like a raw space.
1: Yeah, so it's it's really wild to think about, but we started booking in August of 2020, right? Oh. Yeah, so the pandemic was still super fresh. We had nothing there. It was just mud. And I had this little folding desk and I would sit in the cul-de-sac because we had no driveway and it was, you know, if it was a rainy day, it was really muddy. So we, I would pull up, take the desk out of my trunk. I had this cute little lookbook that had, you know, all the finishes and stuff we've picked out. We had some renderings. I had hard hats with our logo on them. And people were such good sports about it because I think, you know, in, in general, they were just excited to have something to look forward yes. to, right? Their wedding planning. This is going to be over by then. Right? Yes. <laughs> Knock on wood. And so they people were really – Great sports about it. They'd wear, I'd, in my emails confirming, I'd be like, please wear comfortable shoes (laughs) or please wear something you're okay getting a little clay on. And so we'd walk around and I would kind of like stand and be like, so this is where a wall is going to be. And then I'd shimmy over and go, and then this is where the door is. And (laughs) literally there would be, there was nothing there when we sent out our first contract. And it was a huge like sigh of relief for me to go, okay, people are interested in this vision, you know, this is something that the area needs. And if you're willing to spend money on an unfinished venue in the middle of a pandemic, like, I feel like we've got a good thing here and, and we're, we're able to establish a level of trust where they feel okay about, you know, sending a check to a place that doesn't exist yet. Yes. You know?
0: I think uh, that speaks to how well, I mean, you did with marketing too, and like selling the vision because a lot of people, like, don't have that. Like, if they haven't seen something, it's the same thing in real estate. If they walk into a space and, like, mm-hmm. it's hard for them to see something that isn't there. So I can't even imagine, like, how emotionally, mentally, just all of the exhausted ways you must have felt going through that. And then to have people paying, it's like, okay, like, this is going to be okay. Like, right. we're going to be okay. Right. Right. I'm like, I have to deliver on all these promises, now, <laughs> But I can do it. Um, but yeah,
1: we, I mean, we had 60 weddings booked for the future before we actually opened in April of 2021. So, That's amazing. Yeah. It kind of blew our goals out of the water. We figured the first year, even without the pandemic, would have been slow trying to get the word out, you know, to get people to be in the venue and to yeah. see the venue and to build up our SEO and our online presence and all of that. We- You know, we had a year and a half of permitting to to work through some of that stuff. So we did get some headway um, up front and we were able to really be in all the places that people at the time were looking for wedding venues. Um, And we I think we definitely got some of the flow from cancellations and postponements and just the demand because we were a bigger space. So yeah. when the requirements were, okay, you can only have half capacity. For us, that was 225. So we were able to space tables out better. We had an outdoor space where people felt more comfortable having dinner. And we did get lucky on some of the
0: COVID things. It wasn't all bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's truly such a beautiful space. The The way you've done the green space and the patio and You've just continued to enhance it. Like the longer that you guys have been open, it's just like the green space is my baby. Beautiful. I'm like the crazy plant lady now. Oh, I know. I remember. (laughs) I remember your grass situation, (laughs) and you probably lost three years of your life. I did. I did. I definitely (laughs)
1: have some gray or white hairs at this point. But I, you know, I have a little app on my phone. So sometimes if I'm out and about and I see a plant that I like, I can take a picture of it and see what it is and see if it'll survive in our we have no shade in the yard. So it's just everything that's out there has to be super heat tolerant. But we learned, we learned some things the hard way. We've been trying to work on our Jasmine wall since we've opened and replaced it twice. But I think we have the right kind in now. I mean, that's one of
0: my favorite pieces to it. too. It just adds this like such romantic flair to it, but it's not all like events that you do aren't just weddings. So like, You guys have done such a variety of events, whether it be like networking events. You let Mm -hmm. Women's Social Club. We've popped up there twice. Um, You've worked with offline Mm -hmm. and done some really cool pop-ups. Yeah, we've done
1: some nonprofit events. We have holiday parties this year. We've done birthday parties, baby showers. So it's, it's nice because the space is so versatile. So you can really, if you have a themed birthday you're looking for a space for, you can kind of make the space your own. Um, weddings are definitely the majority of our business. I'll mm-hmm. say just because people
0: book dates so far out, but we do our fair share of events too. So you've grown the business and you're wearing all the hats. When did you start like building a team? Because I know the hospitality industry, the event industry, it's been really hard staffing. Mm-hmm. I know it's been really hard for me even finding people to you know help me in the club and things like that just consistently. Right. So building that out was it hard letting go was it hard finding the right team did it take time to build that
1: oh absolutely i think it takes time with in any environment to really like cultivate the right team and and find the people that are truly invested and believe in your business and you know your values and can represent your brand the way that you want In our original business plan, it was just Jeff and I, for the first six months, we would do all the sales, we would do all the marketing, we would do all the events, we would handle all the client communications, the back office stuff, which was an insane thought. (laughs) But at the time, that's what we were like, yeah, we got it. No problem. We can handle it. So we actually hired two people before we even opened because it just became so much trying to manage the last minute construction stuff and permits and everything in between. So you know, that was definitely one of the smarter moves we've ever made. And, you know, some of the team that we've hired from the get-go is still with us. You know, the majority of our bar staff is still there. One of our venue coordinators is still there. And then we hired interns and part-time people that have really grown with us and become full-time employees. Um, and so right now we're in a fantastic spot. Our team really just feels like family. It feels like the right fit. Um, and they're, they're just killing it. You know, I, I am very blessed in that When I had a baby this year, they were able to kind of take things and run with it.
0: It's just been wonderful. So motherhood, was it planned? Did you guys, were you guys trying? Did you know that was the next step that you wanted? Will we sound crazy if I tell you that we planned it to the T so that we could have
1: an off-peak season (laughs)
0: baby? That worked out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, we were just, there's no way you could have a baby in October. <laughs> Not a shot. No, I mean, we were, we were aware of when we needed to kind of try to, to be able to have a little bit of flexibility and some time off, but you never really get, there is no maternity leave, right? When you own your own business, things don't stop. Things don't slow down. I definitely brought my laptop to the hospital. Did I open it? Maybe once, <laughs> but,
0: but it was there, but it was there and,
1: and I was available ish.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, But but honestly, your pregnancy journey was, I mean, out of the people that I have gone through that milestone with as a friend, like was the most challenging that I've ever seen. So I can't even imagine like having going through that if you could just loaf all day long and sit at home, which I don't know anyone that could. (laughs) But I mean, you were literally in the early phases building the business and you couldn't eat. You couldn't mm-hmm. sleep. You were very sick. How did you navigate that? Yeah, I don't even know. I, I think I've blocked it out of my <laughs> mind at this point.
1: Um, you know, you just take it one day at a time. Being sick the entire pregnancy was kind of brutal. You know, you're you're building this team and you're, you know, trying to establish yourself as a leader and to have such a struggle and you don't want anyone to see that, right? And you got to find ways to motivate your team and to continue to grow the business without sometimes being there in person, right? So there was a lot of stuff that I ended up doing from the couch a lot of days, um, and just taking it one day at a time. Every day was a little bit different. So if there was a really good day, I was making the you know the biggest use of my time and making sure that I was present and showing up and putting in the work. But there were a lot of days where it just wasn't in the cards, and so you kind of learned to slow down. So I guess that was a, a good takeaway. You were kind of forced to step back and forced to, you know, take care of your body and take care of yourself. I, I very much so an Enneagram 3. <laughs> so <laughs> if I'm not going all the time and, you know, working and producing, I, I feel like I'm failing. And so it was a huge reality check because it's like when this baby comes, that is that is work now. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to have a give and take and you've got to find a balance to be able to to do both, you know, and, and still find time for yourself. I'm still learning. <laughs> i still figuring out that process. It's a constant work in progress. Uh, but it, it, it allowed me to really step back and, and reprioritize and, you know, restructure what does our team look like? Who do I need to – bring on, you know, what's going to be really important to us in the future and strategize based on based on that.
0: I think that learning that there is no such thing as balance, that's been a huge relief for me mentally because not just as a mom, but as a partner and a business owner and a friend and a daughter and a, I mean, just all the things like Understanding that some days I'm really good at work, like right. I'm killing it. And that's a day where everything else is kind of come secondary. Right. Like I do have to let go in those other areas. And then other areas, I mean, other days, those personal relationships and my personal life come first. Right. And I think one thing that I've learned that's really helped me is separating those times mm-hmm. for myself I'm very much like a calendar person and a to-do list person. And so having my time really organized, even if my organized time is so I can sit on the couch and binge all day Sunday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) I do that sometimes. I am a big fan of like color-coordinated calendar blocking. (laughs) So I will have set days that I know are work or social media or, you know, venue tours or admin stuff. And then I will, on my days off, I have a list of things that I want to do. It'll be like laundry, yes. sit on the couch, get your nails done. Yes. And Jeff is like, are you scheduling your free time? I'm like, I've, this is how I relax. Yes. I
0: know. It's so weird. It's <laughs> if nice I don't have a, a plan, then
1: I feel like I've wasted the day. So I need to just make sure that I've scheduled my I'm going to watch, you know, Shit's Creek on the couch yes. time.
0: <laughs> yes. And then it's also like I know that I – and planning to take this time for myself. So on the days where my butt is getting kicked right. by work or just right. stress, you're motivated to get to the yes. free time. So
1: you're gonna you're gonna work a little harder to get your stuff done.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So we've gotten to this space. Everything's working out. You guys are like you said. You're just in a really good spot with work. Your fam is just you're thriving. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know like it's dark days with no sleep and that sort of (laughs) thing with a little, um, and it definitely is challenging, but looking back, is there anything that you would do different or do you feel like it's all been kind of a necessary part of the process?
1: I mean, I think it's just the journey, you know, and that's, that's part of the fun and part of the experience is you can't go back and say, this is what I would have done differently. This is, this is, you know, this was a, error or mistake because those are the learning opportunities that are then going to turn your brain around into making different decisions, right? So you could say, yeah, I, I wish we didn't put that 10-acre property in garner under contract and then waste six months and be chased out by a mob. But <laughs> if we hadn't done that, then we wouldn't have found the property that ultimately was the best fit for us. So, you know, is there anything that I would really change Probably not. I mean, it it was a wild ride, but it's really gotten us to where we are at this point.
0: And what advice would you give to our listeners who are looking to make a big leap, whether it's personal, professional, in any other capacity? So what would you say is the best first step?
1: So the best advice that I had gotten throughout the process Um, We sat down with a contractor we were interviewing originally, and he had said to us, "You know, how do you eat an elephant?" And I was like, "That's so ridiculous! Like, who's (laughs) eating an elephant? What kind of saying is this?" And and I'm just kind of looking at him, and he's like, "One bite at a time." And I was like, "All right, well, I guess that's that's great. That's a a good answer." And it just seems so ridiculous, but now if you think about it. It is. That's an overwhelming concept to open your own business or to take that next step. It's scary, it's terrifying. You're not going to eat this elephant. There's no there's just no way. But if you take the pieces apart and you you deal with things as they come and you, you know, break it down, take it one day at a time, eventually those small steps and those small wins are going to add up, you know, and, and it's going to be it's going to be great, you know, in most in most cases. <laughs> the second thing I would say is community has really been so so important. You need to find a group of people that you can rely on, um, whether that's women's social club, which for me was huge because it was a bunch of you know like-minded, you know, career-oriented women that really want to see you succeed and, and want to cheer for you. Um, I'm a member of a couple different. You know, networking organizations in the events industry and some of my closest friends are within that group and so it was great to be able to bounce ideas off of other venue owners and you know say what are you guys doing about this or you know here's where I'm at when you were building what what was the situation for you and um, just having the support I think is so so crucial I can't imagine trying to do all of this alone and navigating these waters by myself without anyone to bounce ideas off of or you know to, to have support from so The community was huge.
0: I love that. I totally agree. I think that you don't have to have this huge support system. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had times in my life where I've had like two or three clutch people, whether it be family, a best friend, my husband. But yes, having those people there to support you just it makes all the difference. So a quick fun question for you. Um, When it comes to the wedding planning process, do you have any like quick tips and tricks for either people who are getting married, so brides, grooms, or family members, mothers of the bride, families of the bride that you can share?
1: Yeah. The most important thing I I would share is that you need to, to do things a little earlier than you needed to in the past. So locking in a time and a place, booking your vendors that can only do one per day. So if the photographer is really high priority on your list. You want to make sure that you lock that in sooner rather than later. Um, the sooner you do things, the more options you have. The closer you wait to the date, um, those vendors are going to be booked just because we're still feeling the, the demand and the overflow from, you know, the, the COVID times, the dark times. And there's only so much that, you know, vendors can commit to within the course of a year. So my best advice would be to jump on some of those things early. Uh, If not, be flexible. Um, You know, you may not get your first choice. You may not have have a Saturday option. You may, you know, end up with a Friday wedding. Um, So looking to see the silver linings and all of those things and kind of going in with a, I will be flexible, is the best attitude
0: that you can have. And making the best out of the situation. So right. I mean, it's going to be an amazing day and you're going to have your people there. And going in, I agree, like not getting caught up on the details of like, this is exactly how it has to be.
1: I tell people all the time that being in the industry, I, when planning my own wedding was crazy about every detail. It had to be perfect. The expectation was so high. You know, everyone, everyone's going to be looking for all of these things that need to be absolutely perfection. And when you look back on the day, you don't remember any of that. You don't remember the napkin fold. You know, you don't remember the little napkin rings or, you know, the the harpist, you know, didn't play at the very exact second because yes, I was that bride that said DJ cue the song at this exact <laughs> minute before I walked down the aisle. None of that really is is going to be the bulk of what you remember. You're going to remember the overall experience and, you know, having the right people by your side. Um, whether that's friends, family, the right vendor team, that's really going to be key. Awesome.
0: So is there anything you'd like to add that we didn't cover? Yes. uh,
1: We will be hosting our winter showcase, which is one of our big annual events. Um, The proceeds all go towards a local charity. And this time it is um, to somebody that's near and dear to my heart and to our family's heart. It's a family friend that Their son is dealing with a rare form of MS, um, and he's two years old, so they will have a lot of medical costs and ongoing medical care, and so all of the proceeds from this event are going to support that family. It's a super fun time to come out, have a glass of wine, sit by the fireplace, enjoy some music, and so we would love to see you there. Yes, we will definitely share that. And tickets will be live. um, If you follow us on Instagram, the tickets will be available on there.
0: And then where can our community find you? So how can they follow you? So our Instagram is the
1: Raleigh, and I think that's our Facebook as well. Or you can always email me personally as
0: chelsea at themaxwellrawley.com. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been so much fun reliving some of the the funny <laughs> stories in our relationship since we met. Things I forgot about. I even. know. <laughs> I totally forgot about the photo shoot, honestly, until we were talking. It's like, I don't know. It's just been such a fun chapter, like getting to know you. And I'm so excited to have you here. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, thank you again for having me. This has been a blast.
0: Thank you so much to Chelsea Han, who you can find at the And a few ways to follow the Women's Social Club. 1. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. 2. Visit the co and find the community that's closest to you. If there's nothing close to you, let us know. And third, Follow us on social media, where you'll find video clips of this podcast, as well as the Women's Social Club events throughout the country. We're at Women's Social Club on both Instagram and TikTok, and at The Women's Social Club on Facebook. This podcast is edited and produced by Airfluence. I'm Hannah Weisberg, and on behalf of everyone at The Women's Social Club, we can't wait to welcome you into our sisterhood. We'll see you again soon with the next episode.